Welcome back to another episode of Conversations on the Creek, the Duck Creek podcast where we interview thought leaders about how the latest insure tech is transforming the PNC insurance industry. Whether you work in underwriting, sales and marketing, claims, or an insurer's IT department, in each episode, we uncover the insights you need to create the future of insurance. I'm Rob Savitsky, and in today's episode, we're so pumped to be joined by Caribou Honig, partner at Semper Viren's Venture Capital, most importantly for this episode, the co-founder of InsureTech Connect, ITC, who will share his perspective on ITC and what to expect at this year's event, taking place on October 31st through November 2nd at the Mandalay Bay in Las Vegas, Nevada. We Duck Creek are so thrilled to be attending ITC Las Vegas this year. Please definitely stop by our booth 2231, attend our partner showcase to learn how Duck Creek fits in and connects with the broader InsureTech ecosystem. I personally am really excited to be coming back to InsureTech Connect. I've only been once, and it was back in, I want to say, 2019. So thrilled to have you on the show, Caribou. So, so excited. So, uh, yeah, before we get into that, though, how, how are you doing? What's, uh, what's, not, what's up? Well, Rob, thanks so much for having me on your podcast. Really excited to be here as well. And, of course, excited to, uh, in the run-up here, uh, going into InsureTech Connect uh, just a few weeks from now. Uh, I'm doing well. Um, and, uh, you know, we're recording this here on a Friday morning. Uh, but I am pumped for this uh, as a way to, uh, you know, end my week. Absolutely. Great, great way to end a week, that's for sure. So, uh, uh, yeah, before we get into ITC, I, I was looking at your LinkedIn, and I saw that you are pursuing your third act. So before we get into everything, why don't you tell our listeners about your first, second, and, and what your third act is right now? Yeah. Um, so look, uh, you know, it, the, the term third act for me um, got inspired. I was reading my Wikipedia page here and there and seeing what's going on out in the world. And uh, I ran across the description of a third act from like classical playwriting. And it's where the protagonist, uh, it's sort of the, 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 in the arc of a play, um, it's where the protagonist uh, discovers themselves and like their true self, um, sometimes dying in the process. Uh, so for me, my third act is uh, hopefully my sort of final discovery of who I really am. Uh, my first act, uh, I spent a decade at Capital One, uh, cutting my teeth on how to use data and business strategies, going through hyper growth. Um, great experience there, fantastic. Left in 2006. Um, uh, shortly after that, uh, my second act, um, collaborating with a couple other former Capital One executives, uh, co-founding a boutique venture capital firm called QED Investors, very focused on investing in data-driven companies, um, and eventually uh, sort of centered very much on fintech and insuretech. And, uh, you know, actually part of my time there was uh, towards the end of it, 2015, I started to really focus on insuretech as my, my primary investing category and was looking for a good conference to go to, couldn't find one. Uh, the rest is sort of the history of how ITC came into being. Um, and then uh, having done the conference, realized I had some itches to scratch outside the scope of QED, the investment firm. Uh, so left there in early 2017 uh, to pursue my third act. So there, there you go. That's the full history of it. That's awesome. Okay. So I'm hearing venture capitalist, entrepreneur, insuretech evangelist, all of the above. So uh, it sounds like it's been a really interesting journey for you. Um, I, I get to wear and, a lot of hats. That's the nice thing, right? And, and you are. And, and you are. And for our audience, this this video, the video version of this might not make it onto all of the, the platforms, but Caribou has got an awesome hat. And if you see him at the event, you'll know him when you see him. It is his trademark. 
uh big big fan of that um but uh anyways let's uh let's turn to you know insurtech connect so you mentioned that you, you were getting into the investing space you saw something in insurance you weren't seeing a conference that fit your needs how did you go about starting yeah first of all what is insurtech connect and, and how did you how did you go about starting this great event yeah um well thanks for the, the compliment there in advance um so look insurtech connect originated from the need of one person me right and and i, I think there's a an entrepreneurial sort of truism in that that you're way better off in solving really well for the needs of like one core audience preferably one actual human being that you can name rather than some sort of you know, we'll develop our product for some broad persona, right? And we'll make up names for them, right? You see that in marketing sometimes. Well, Julie is this person who's a millennial and blah, blah, and that's nonsense, right? Unless there's actually a person named Julie that you're talking about and that you can, you know, ask, oh, would, would you want this feature or not? Like you actually want to anchor it, any product, whether tangible or financial service or a conference to some human that you can point to and talk to and design around. And in effect, I was, you know, and I'm, I'm exaggerating a little bit for effect here, but in, in effect, I was that person. Right. Um, because uh, I, I was starting to focus on the InsureTech investing. We had made a couple InsureTech investments already, but in 2015, I like to say it sort of smelled in the air that something in, really interesting was about to happen in the category. And so I was looking for a good conference to go to. Uh, I wanted to meet the other investors focused on the area. I wanted to meet the great entrepreneurs building interesting things. And I wanted to meet the the innovation executives from within the industry as well. And there was just nothing I could find where I, I could do that. Um, so needing that, having this slightly entrepreneurial streak, I suppose, um, uh, I got connected to a guy, Jay Weintraub, who actually knew how to create industry tech conferences for a living. Like that's what he was doing. That's what he was great at. Um, and so he and I uh, put our heads together and said, yeah, this is something interesting. Um, we created a little bit of a joint venture between QED and his organization and, and launched it. Um, so that was really the, the, the goal of it was so that I could talk to the other people that I wanted to. And it, the, the, the thesis, of course, was that there were other people in those categories who had similar needs, right? Uh, but we really wanted to anchor it to like, okay, how do we make it great for Caribou? Because if we succeed at that, then we will probably make it great for a bunch of other people too. Right. And I, I definitely relate with you on a lot of levels. As a marketer, you know, we don't want to go after everyone. We want to get our segmentation. We want to get our targeting right. And uh, definitely appreciate how you you honed in on the InsurTech segment and, and drilled out from, you know, not just being a broader fintech investor. Um so you had you had uh, your partner Jay who had you know, was bringing the event side of the house yourself you know recently getting into InsureTech, what did what did that first event look like and you know did folks show up to that event how how, how was it oh it was just an intimate gathering you know a few folks who with common interest we we were um, when when we went into it we said look you know we don't know how many people will want to be at this thing. Um, if it's fewer than 600 in the first year, that's probably a sign that like, okay, maybe there's not as much need uh, as we thought. And if we could hit a thousand people at the first event, then it's like, okay, we're really tapping into something. We're delivering some value here. Um, you know, this is something we want to keep doing. And uh, a little bit to our astonishment, the first event had 1500 people show up. 
Wow. Um, the, the, you know, we had to, to wrangle a little bit with the fire marshal to keep uh, that person happy with that many people. It was just uh, uh, almost shocking. Um, I, I still uh, remember at the after party for it, uh, going up to Jay and say, you know, th this is what winning feels like when you've got this many people coming and, you know, enjoying your product. Um, now, since then, it's it's grown as uh, hopefully people uh, have some sense of. Um, but it's still, you know, it's how do you make a big event feel small, right? My, my uh, uh, I've got two sons and, you know, they both went off to college in the last few years and going to the college, you know, tours and, and the big schools, right? Their, their common theme is, you know, here at, you know, whatever big state school, right? Our job is to make a big school feel small, right? And a small school can't feel big. So we, we, we bring the best of both. What I mean by that is, right, how do we help you find your people, right? And you right. gotta, if you're a big entity, if you're a big conference, you're gonna have people from every part of the value chain, from every product line, um, many geographies, and you're not necessarily going to wanna talk to everyone, right? The relevance won't be as high, but if, if we can both bring everyone to one place for a few days, and at the same time, equip people with the tools to navigate and find their people, the, the relevant um, other attendees and sponsors and so on. Well, then that actually lets the big event feel small uh, for the people. So that that's kind of a, a running theme for the event as well. Right. Yeah. Definitely with you on the diversity of people that are there. You know, you've got you've got insurers, you've got uh, startups, incumbents, technology providers, investors just lots of collaborators, folks from outside of the industry who I think are trying to figure out how they can get in or, you know, can they play a role? Is there an opportunity to partner or, or find a niche? And I think that's one of the things that definitely makes the event uh, very special in, in a lot of ways. And it's, it's, it's great content, but it's a lot more than that too. You know, it's where you meet and connect with folks. And I've said it on the show before, this is actually where I first met Zach May from Duck Creek, who's been my co-host on a number of episodes uh, on the show. So you, uh, you never know who, who you're going to meet and, and, you know, where you're going to run, end up one day. And, you know, one day you could be hosting a podcast with them at times. So, yeah, you know, so. I, I was really excited after a couple years of the event where we started to get regulators attending right, and wanting to attend and wanting to get advice on who they should be talking to. Right. It's been very, that, like that wasn't part of the original design principle for the conference to have the regulators there. But they brought so much value and, and I think got a lot of value as well, right? All the regulators, the insurance commissioners and so on, they don't want to be in the way of innovation. They want to be supporting it, at least the innovation which will help the consumers and help the uh, soundness of the industry. They need to know what's on the cutting edge of innovation in the industry where are they going to find that out? Well, again, they can come to Insure Tech Connect and they can be walking the expo hall. They can be going to some of the sessions. They can be meeting people at the lunch table and learning what kind of innovation is happening and why it's being done so that they can go back and operate as regulators in a more informed uh, fashion. I think that's super valuable for them and it's really valuable for the Insure Tech innovators as well, because the worst of all worlds is we're doing something great on the innovation side. The regulators don't understand it and right. block it, not because they think it's bad, but because they just don't understand it. 
Sure. Yeah. Great to exchange those ideas and, and also just kind of, you know, meet folks who at times, you know, maybe have, have different, different interests. Uh, I don't know what better way to put it, but just getting to know folks on a, on a human level and, you know, working, working towards figuring out solutions that, uh, that meet everyone's needs. So, um, yeah, kind of going on the, we, we've, this event is now what, seven, seven years in the making. It's grown to, uh, perhaps, the biggest, one of the biggest, or if not the biggest uh, gathering of innovation in the industry. Uh, how has the event evolved over the years? Yeah, it's, you know, it, it's really interesting for me, especially when I get to step back every now and then. And, you know, we saw 1500 the first year, uh, it just grew gangbusters. There was this little COVID thing we needed to navigate. Um, thankfully, that's mostly in the rearview mirror for us. Uh, so part of how it's evolved, it's, it's gotten bigger. Right. And you know, again, that, that has its positives and the things that need to be managed to make sure that despite its size, it still you know, can bring that, that small conference feel for people where they can find their audience, find their people. Um, we've gotten progressively more international. Right? And that's one of the things which has excited me, both in terms of who comes to Las Vegas. Right? We've had uh, 60 plus countries represented in wow. Las Vegas. And I think that's, you know, the innovation, often the frontiers of innovation are actually happening in the frontier markets. So I actually think that there's tremendous amounts for uh, people to learn, um, not just from their peers in the same country, but arguably even more to learn from what's happening in other countries, right? It's, ITC can be the, the place where people from Qatar are learning about what the latest happenings are in Brazil, right? Even though it's all the conversation might be happening in the US. I think that's really sort of, I'm, I'm kind of proud of that. Um, yeah. The uh, uh, We're also over time expanding a little bit more and more into areas where maybe at the first year or two, we were a little light on types of attendance. So I think we're getting stronger and stronger on the health insurance side being represented. Um, I think that we've gotten really uh, much more bolstered in terms of like brokers and the group benefits side as well. Um, so really filling in pieces of the value chain, filling in different product types, product lines and categories um, to again, make, the, make it the innovation event um, uh, for, you know, across the entire industry. Nice. Got it. More people and, and more, more sectors of the broader, the broader landscape, which is uh, great to hear for everyone to be able to, you know, find their place to fit in. So uh, I, I think we were talking about it before today about how you have, uh, you know, had a successful exit in some ways from the event, but you are still involved. Uh, do you want to share with listeners where, uh, where, where you are with that and your journey and connection yeah. to ITC this year? Yeah, you know, it's not something that um, we consider sort of fundamentally important to the conference, although it sort of was important to us. Uh, you know, ITC, in addition to being a conference, it was actually a business. Like, it, you know, um, people, uh, until they start staring at it, sometimes don't realize how big the you know, in-person events, B2B trade conference business is. It's like a $100 billion industry every year. Um, that's, uh, and, and InsureTech Connect is, is one of many conferences in that industry. Um, Jay and QED and I built it up. Uh, and then uh, over the last few years, we were able to sell the, the equity in the, in the event um, uh, to a, a company that 
you know, has a great deal of experience in events and actually has uh, done a great job in expanding the footprint in terms of the international side, right? So there's now not just ITC Vegas, but there's ITC Asia, there's a LATAM focused sub event, uh, there's an ITC collaboration in Europe. Um, hard for uh, a, a team uh, that's just here to do all that. Uh, and the acquirer of the event has been a, doing a lot of focused work and I think succeeding with that. Um, so uh, Jay and I sold it. Um, and uh, I, uh, the, um, uh, we're no longer involved in the day-to-day -day, you know, operations or planning. Therefore, uh, I'm still uh, uh, on advisory board. Um, I think that they're still happy to have me uh, put myself out there as the chairman. Um, at, I, I, I mean, I've always been a figurehead for the event, right? Jay was right. always the guy actually running it. Um, so I'm, I consider myself to still be a figurehead for the event um, and you know, probably one of its loudest advocates. For sure. Yeah. So uh, as we look more in this year, obviously you're in, you're in the different role, at, but you're on the advisory board, still chairman. What uh, what do you think attendees can expect at InsureTech Connect 2023? Yeah, I think a lot um, is still sort of more of the same, you know, more of what has worked. Right. So I think continue to have incrementally at least even larger and larger attendance at the event. Um, you know, it's, we'll, we'll see whether it's 8,000, 9,000 or 10,000, but I, I would anticipate something in that range. Uh, I think that uh, uh, always striving to make it easy to navigate, again, to find the things that you want to learn about, while also supporting serendipity, right? I've, I've always said there are like three real big pieces of value uh, at the event at InsureTech Connect. Um, there is some education, some learning, from the content that's on stage, right? I think that's that's always valuable. I think there's the um, discovery and, and connecting or reconnecting with people you know already that you want to to talk with. Right? Maybe you've been having conversations with them. Maybe it becomes the first conversation in what will become a series of discussions. Uh, but you already know uh, going in that oh great, we're all going to be there. Let's chat. And then there's the serendipity aspect. I go sit at the lunch table. Right, with five other people that I don't know. And I can pretty much guarantee there's going to be at least one other person at that lunch table that I'd like to get to know. I don't know who and I don't know why, but if we're doing our job right, organizing an event, assembling the right audience of people, if you sit at any random lunch table, someone there is going to be interesting to you that you didn't even know about. Right? Um, so I think that making sure we continue to have that, that serendipity is I think a crucial thing for the event. I think it will continue to have a, a strong international uh, aspect to it. And uh, like I said, I think uh, continuing to, to increase that trajectory of having some health insurance, uh, the brokers, the group benefits side, in addition to some of the, you know, I, I think we've always been really good in having representation on the PNC and the life insurance side uh, as well. Nice. Yeah. And I think it's, it's great when, you know, folks go in with an open mind and are just willing to, to sit down and meet and connect. And I think that's, it's definitely attracted a lot of attendees of that mindset. And so looking forward to experience that again in, in a couple of weeks. So, uh, we're, we're getting close to wrapping up here on time, but, uh, I do want to pull up my crystal ball. I know you have made some predictions, uh, in the past at the event and obviously as an investor, uh, putting on that investor hat, you're, you're making predictions in the future. Uh, I'm curious, Caribou, as you look ahead to the year 2030, 
What technologies do you think will have the greatest impact and adoption in PNC insurance? Yeah, well, you know, 2030, that's great that you're going to be that far out. Like that's that's a, a lot of time um, in the forecast window. Uh, I'll, I'll give you three. Um, so first, without a doubt, artificial intelligence, generative AI, the GPT kind of stuff. Uh, look, machine learning, right, has always been valuable, uh, but machine learning applies to structured data. And I think that what's, what's really most interesting about this current wave of innovation around AI is that it applies to unstructured data, right? Whether that's linguistic, whether that's imagery or video, and that's really, you know, unlocking a lot of use cases. I think there's some debate still about when and how right, and where the impact will be. Will it be more impact customer facing or the back office? That's a big question. Uh, will it be now versus six months from now versus six years from now? That's another big question. Although you, you gave me until 2030. So as long as it's within six or seven years, great. You got, you got uh, the time. <laughs> but, uh, you know, look, I, I'm uh, an angel investment in a jewelry insurance company, Brightco. And they were telling me about how they're starting to put, you know, not trivial portion of their sort of customer interaction to uh, a GPT, right? And they're doing it cautiously and they they trained it specifically on their kind of interactions. But like, that's that's a big deal, right? That takes cost out of the system, which is one of the key things technology should do. So, you know, I, and no one will be surprised to hear me say, say AI. I think it's key questions of, of how and when. I'm actually a pretty big believer in no-code solutions uh, for building out Excellent. infrastructure. It won't replace- So are we all... here at Duck Creek, as <laughs> you bet. probably know as a low-code provider. Well, you know, I think, you know, it's not going to replace all of the tech stack. And it's hard to say whether it'll be 20% or 50% or 80%. Right. But I, I think it's in that range. It's, it's between 20 and 80%. Right. And, you know, even on the low end, that's still meaningful. And on the high end, that's dramatic. It's enabled by the APIification of insure tech and insurance technology stack generally, um, which is one of the, the better predictions I made a few years ago that APIification would re really happen. I think that is now showing up as happening and inevitable. Uh, and no code and low code builds on top of that. And then my third prediction is a total reversal of one of the first predictions I made on stage at ITC. So 20, October 2016, I made my five predictions. One of them was parametric would become important. I was wrong. I was wrong year after year. Um, and, and now in hope of being right, I will say parametric will not be a major impact uh, even through 2030. That makes me sad. Uh, I wish it were. I think there's a whole lot of reasons why I could bring efficiency and transparency to the industry, but I think it'll be uh, just a couple edge cases where it actually comes to bear, sadly. Uh, but my prediction is no, it won't matter uh, between now and then particularly. Sure. So on that one, if you get it wrong, as in it does take off by 2030, then maybe you got it right from, from the get-go. I guess I'm, so you I'm can't, you can't a little be wrong on that one either way. Yeah, <laughs> out of both sides of my mouth, but you know, look, more likely I'll, I would just be uh, appropriately critiqued for being wrong twice. <laughs> Oh, no, De definitely appreciate it. And just to unpack a couple of things you said before, lo love, love where you're going with that. And I think, yeah, from my standpoint with, with AI and generative AI, I think it's, yeah, it's, it's a great opportunity that can be untapped and to the structured and unstructured data part. I do think there's a lot of opportunity for carriers to first work at just cleaning up their, their data and making sure that they're, they're getting it in the first place. I think, you know, great model, great data, it will lead to great outcomes. But if, if you don't have even the foundational elements in place, it's going to make it that much more challenging. 
And then, yeah, totally with you on, on low code. And I think maybe the theme is between low code tools and AI ML is that, um, you know, we see it as more of an assist between the, the business than, than replacement. It's really enabling your business people to be able to do things faster than they would before otherwise to not spend, you know, for your IT to not spend time and resources on the mundane and to really get after those innovation initiatives. And so I think both of those technologies coming together represents a really huge opportunity for, for PNC. Yeah, there is no shortage of opportunity to, I don't know about disrupt, but maybe transform insurance over the next seven years by using technology. That's for sure. Well, we'll have to see where things are and revisit some of these predictions in a couple of years or, or maybe, uh, maybe even in 2030. We'll have to set a calendar date to, uh, to see where things fall. Uh, Caribou, it's been really great having you on the program. Anything else uh, you'd like to add before we, uh, we wrap it up here today? Well, Rob, I just really appreciate again your bringing me on here. And uh, I look forward to seeing you and everyone else uh, at InsureTech Connect um, uh, the 31st through the 2nd of November. And uh, of course, people should just flag me down uh, when they see a, a, a funny looking guy wearing a snazzy fedora through the hallway. I always <laughs> look forward to, to the serendipity of getting to meet people that way. Absolutely. Well, I will be looking for you and I can't wait to meet you in person. So thank you, Caribou. And thank you all for listening today. You can register and learn more about ITC Vegas by going to insuretechconnect.com. We at Duck Creek are thrilled to be attending ITC Vegas. Again, please stop by our booth 2231 on November 1st and November 2nd, where we're going to be showcasing various partners from across the insurance ecosystem and describing how they integrate with Duck Creek, see our product demos, and learn how you can reimagine the future of insurance. Finally, if you enjoyed this podcast, be sure to check out all of our other episodes and follow, rate, and review us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, by visiting duckcreek.com slash podcasts. I'm Rob Savitsky, and I will see you in the next episode.